Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. This week, Colin, we're having a very exciting week from you. You're teaching us that when we believe in Jesus, Christ comes to live in us. And you're basing your talks on some verses in 1 Colossians and uh, verse 15. Yesterday you told us that we have the invisible God living in us, the one who created the world. Yes, the one through whom all things came into being lives in you. Then in verse 17 of Colossians 1, uh, Paul says, He, that is Christ, is before all things. He is first. He is number one. He, he is the greatest of all. And because Paul says he lives in you as a believer, remember, I said yesterday, this is not true of every human being. It's only true of those who are born again and have received the Spirit of Christ. So this is our choice. This is the choice. I mean, you make the choice. But when you are born again, when you receive his Spirit, Christ comes to live in you. And uh, therefore, the one who is before all things, the one who is the greatest, the one who is the first, as well as the last, the beginning, as well as the end, he comes to live in you. So already we have this revelation that the one who is the perfect image of God lives in us. The one who brought all things into being lives in us. The one who is first, who is before all things, lives in us. Then we read in verse 18 that he is the head of the body, the church. Now, I think most Christians are well aware that we are members of the body of Christ and Christ is the head of that body. But not everybody thinks of Christ the head being in them. But this is what Paul is saying. The one who is the head of the church lives in you. And of course, the whole body is actually organized, is, is run, if you like, by the head. He is not only supreme, but he is the one who uh, causes the whole of the body to function. So even you, as just an individual member of that body, has the head living in you. You have the head living in you. So, of course, he is able to cause the fulfillment of his plan and his purpose for your life as part of his whole body because he is able to work out his purpose from within you. Now, we're going we're gonna to have to see later how he does this and what it requires of us to allow him to do it. But we've first of all got to understand that this is his purpose. So because you have Christ in you, you have the one who is the perfect manifestation of God, the one through whom all things brought, were brought into being, the one who is first, before and above and greater than all things. You have the head of the body of the church living in you. Then we read that he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Now, God's purpose in sending Jesus uh, 
was so that Jesus would have the supremacy in the whole of creation that he would brought into being. So, if Christ has come to live in you, then you have within you the one who has the supremacy in all things. Now, obviously, he is to have the supremacy in your life, but he is the one who is supreme above all, and he's living in you. So we can see that this is going to have very widespread implications for what is possible for our lives. Now, as you mentioned yesterday, Colin, for many people listening, this is going to be completely new teaching. This is this is radical stuff for many, many of, of our listeners. But just to get this clear, this is because we have invited Jesus to come. He doesn't come gate crashing into our lives. It's does because he? he's called and chosen us. Because when we invite Christ into our lives, it's because we're responding to the initiative that he has made. Jesus made it very clear, you did not choose me, but I chose you. So we choose Christ in response to his initiative. Now, he reaches out with the gospel to all mankind, but he knows that some will accept him and some will reject him. And so it, it's, it's obvious when you think about it that Jesus Christ would not come to live in anyone that he had not himself chosen that we could not make Jesus come to live in us. It had to be his desire, his plan, his purpose. So we are all what the Bible calls the people of election. He has chosen us. So the one who is supreme above all things has chosen to come and live in you. Now, I hope that by now you're not only amazed at this, but you just understand why Paul talks about God lavishing his grace upon us. Because grace is what God gives to those who deserve nothing. And God's grace is so immense, it is so lavish, that the one who is supreme above all things, the one who is himself God, the one who brought all things into being, comes to live in you. See, Paul doesn't say a blessing from Christ comes to live in you or simply a part, an aspect of the life of Christ comes to live in you. He says, no, Christ comes to live in you. He comes to live in you, of course, through the power of his Spirit. But it is Christ in you that enables you to live your life as a Christian in the way that he wants. Somebody might say to you, well, what does this mean? Do we lose our free will? Do we lose our, our choice in situations? You know, is there any downside to this? No, we'll, we'll deal with all those issues in due course. But you see, what we've got to do first of all is to believe what God has done. If we don't believe that he's put in us what he says he's put in us, then the rest is, is irrelevant. I mean, how can we outwork these things in our lives if we don't believe that he has done what he says he has done and put Christ in us? Once we believe that, then we can begin to see the implications for our lives at a practical level. So we just need to continue for a little and see more of what it means because, you see, in verse 20, Paul says that, through him, through Christ, 
he has reconciled to himself all things. So the one who reconciles everything to himself, to God, lives in you. So that means that not only do you have the one who is God, who is the perfect manifestation of God, not only the one who brought all things into being, not only the one who is above and, uh, and first, not only the head of the church, not only the one who has the supremacy in all things, but also this one who reconciles all things to himself lives in you. Now, the implication of that is that he must have reconciled you to God or he could not have come to live in you. Because we're all so far from God. We were. We were. You can't be far from God if, he, if Christ is in you. Before you were born again, you were far from God. You were alienated. You were cut off. You were set apart. For, you, you were under condemnation. But when God forgave your sins, when God gave you a new birth from above, when God came to live in you by the power of the Holy Spirit, Christ came to live in you in the fullness of who he is. And that... Paul says, is the guarantee of what is to come. It's the very evidence that we have been made totally acceptable to God and have been reconciled to him. So here is this wonderful, wonderful revelation that Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Now, we said, okay, let's look at the context in which Paul says this. So we've looked at what he says before this. Let's look at what he says after it. In chapter 2, verse 3, he says that uh, we are to know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, if Christ is in you, then you have within you all the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the wisdom, all the knowledge of God is in you. Now, this is such a, a tremendous resource, it's going to take the rest of your life to tap into it and to discover more and more and more of what those riches actually are. But nevertheless, we have to begin, Julia, to, un to believe what God says, that Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Therefore, the one in whom is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge is in you. And if I take you down to verse 9 of chapter 2, just very quickly, and we'll pick this up further tomorrow. In Christ, all the fullness of the deity, all the fullness of God lives in bodily form. So this Christ who lives in you in him is the fullness of God. That means you have the fullness of God in you as a believer. Now, does that seem too extraordinary? No. Listen, what did Jesus say? The thief, who is the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that men may have life and have it in all its fullness. What life? His life. God's life. Eternal life. The fullness of God in you. What an amazing gospel. What good news. What fantastic grace. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 